In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of Baba, and we said this month, this month, this Coptic month, is about recognizing Christ as God, that He is God. The first week we read about, in Tufakrin, how the Lord healed the paralytic and forgave him his sins. And they said, who could forgive sins except... God alone. And last, and the second week, we saw how St. Peter recognized Christ as God when he filled the, the boat with fish. And then St. Peter bowed down before him and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And last week, we saw how Christ healed a demon-possessed, blind, and mute man. And how Christ has brought the kingdom of God upon us. And in this week, in this gospel from Luke chapter 7, we see Christ as God in his ability to raise the son of the widow of Nain from the dead. The gospel of today begins with a collision, a collision of epic proportion. On one side, you have a funeral procession. The gospel says, and when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and it says a large crowd, a large crowd from the city was with her. This is the procession of mourning. This was a procession of despair. This was the procession of death. And then this procession collides with another procession, the procession of the Lord. And the first verse in the Gospel of today, it says, Now it happened... The day after he went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd, and a large crowd. So this procession is opposite to the other procession. It is a procession of joy. It is a procession of hope. It is the procession of life. And when these two processions collide... We see that mourning was conquered by joy. We see despair was conquered by hope. And most importantly, we see death is conquered by life. And oftentimes, this collision, these two, collide when things are most difficult. When I am at my low point. For this widow, it must have been her low point. To lose her only son after she lost her husband. And when we are at our low points, it is often at these times when we collide with the Lord. The gospel last night in the Vespers was about the disciples being alone in the ship. And the ship was being tossed. And they were at the height of their worry and their fear. And then they saw the Lord walking to them on the water. And it says when he got into the boat, the wind died down. When the Lord meets us or collides with us, he will give us joy. He will give us hope. He, because, and he will give us life. He will give us life. And the Lord gives us The Lord gives us the best life. Our best life is with the Lord. And today I want to speak to you about how we can have our best life with the Lord. Our best life is with the Lord. Our best life is with the Lord because the Lord cares for us. In the gospel of today it says the Lord was moved with compassion. 
for this widow. And the same expression, he was moved with compassion, is used in the story of the prodigal son. When the father meets the son, he was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion was also used in the story of the Good Samaritan. When the Good Samaritan sees the wounded traveler lying on the road, it says the Good Samaritan was moved with compassion. And moved with compassion literally means to be moved in the inward parts. It means that the Lord, He feels our pain. He knows our discomfort. He knows what we're going through. And He provides comfort in the midst of discomfort. He provides comfort in the midst of discomfort. That's why being with the Lord is the best life. Being with the Lord is the best life. When someone has a major surgery, usually they're in like unbearable pain. And so the doctor gives them pain medication. But the pain medication does not remove the pain. The pain medication removes the sensation of the pain. The pain is still there, but it just doesn't bother you as much because there's something else clogging up those receptors. Pharmacist will tell you that. And I feel that this is what the Lord can do for my life. With the Lord, I can endure the bitterness. I can endure the coldness. I can endure the harshness of life when I am with the Lord. Because the Lord is occupying all my senses. He's taking up all my receptors. So when I am focused on Him, the pains of the world do not affect me. They don't bother me as much. And this is the best life. Because then you can be at peace. Then you can be at peace. That's why our ancestors, the Coptic people, and all of the martyrs, they were promised the best life if they converted, if they accepted other religions, if they worshipped idols, if they did a lot of things. They were promised a better life. They were promised a life of ease. They were promised a life of prosperity and money. And they were seduced by women and said, if you want to just convert, you could have multiple wives, you could have this princess, you could do whatever. And so the emperors always used to seduce, like our people, with an easy life, a better life. And our martyr said, no, the best life is with... The Lord Jesus Christ. I would rather be poor. I would rather pay the jizya. I would rather do anything else. But I would rather be with the Lord Jesus Christ because I know life with the Lord Jesus Christ is the best life. Is the best life. So today, we want to inoculate ourselves and take the vaccine, the Jesus vaccine, so you can experience the best life. He is the best life because He has compassion for me, because He cares for me, He loves me, He nourishes me. And no one else can love me the way the Lord Jesus Christ loves me. That's why in the, in, the, in the passage of the Good Shepherd in John chapter 10, the Lord says, A hireling, the one who is not the shepherd, the one who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Why does the hireling flee? 
Why does a hireling flee? Because he's a hireling. (laughs) And he does not care about the sheep. But the Lord, he's moved with compassion. He cares about me. He says, I am the good shepherd. I have come that they may have life. And that they can have life more abundantly. Life with Jesus is the best life. Life with Jesus is the best life because it is eternal. Because it is eternal. There were two themes discussed in the Pauline and the Catholic epistle today. The first theme, who was paying attention to the Pauline and Catholic epistle today? Two themes that were mentioned in both the the Pauline and Catholic epistle today. One big theme was... Money, money, money. If you go to the first, the Pauline epistle from St. Timothy, chapter, or verse 6, chapter 6, verse 6. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be Rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition, death. This is what drowns men in death. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from their faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Then if you go to verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present age. Not to be haughty. Nor to trust in uncertain riches. But in the living God. Who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good. That they be rich in good works. Ready to give. Willing to share. Storing up for themselves. Good foundation for the time to come. That they may hold to. Eternal life. And I said. Life with the Lord is the best life. Because it is eternal life. It is eternal life. They may hold on to eternal life. In the Catholic epistle, you see the same thing. You see the same thing. If you go to the Catholic epistle, it's from James chapter 5, verse 5. So, 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. James 5, verse 5. says, Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted. Your garments are Moth-eaten, your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and will eat your flesh. They will eat your flesh like fire. This is death. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Says... Or, uh, sorry, this is verse 1. That was verse 1. Verse 5. Now, you have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury... You have lived in the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. What is the relationship with all of these passages about money and the miracle that we read about in the widow of raising the son, the widow of Nain? What's the relationship? 
And I've given you already several clues. I think the church, in its wisdom, wants to tell us that life is not about money. It's not about money. Some people say this son was likely, it was probably the only source of income for this widow. Best, yani, like, don't think that the Lord did this miracle to raise a son so that this son could provide for this widow. That's not the reason why, yani, maybe it's one yani, lower reason why, but that's not the primary reason why the Lord raised this, this, this poor kid from the dead. The reason the Lord did this miracle is to show the woman, this widow, to show the crowds, to show us. What's the theme of this month? That He is Almighty. That He is the giver of life. He is the giver of life. He is the Pantocrator. With Him there is no... There is no death. And actually, if you read the Pauline epistle very carefully, right after St. Paul, he said all that stuff about money, and all that stuff about money, and all those things that we read, he says, I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, He acknowledges that God is the one that gives life to all things. And then he says, if you recognize that God is the one that gives you life to all things, he said, then you will keep the commandments. Then you will keep the commandments. The idea is that the best life isn't the life of of money. In the gospel, our Lord said, one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. But the irony that we have these days in our culture is that many people are working so and so and so and so, 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 so hard just to have more money and more possessions. But to what end? To what end? I was reading a nice story. It was like, if I asked you to swim across a pool full of great white sharks... And I said, if you do it, I would give you a million dollars. Would you do it? Would you do it? And if you did it into Meganin, because then if you, you would die. You would die. Great white sharks eat you. Or you would be severely hurt. And I feel many people on their chase for money are forsaking their life and putting themselves in danger of death for the sake of some paper. For the sake of some paper. We need to remember the best life is eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why our the Bible is against greed. It, it advocates for contentment. And there's a million church fathers that, taught, that speak about the love of money and what it can do. But I chose to choose someone who's an atheist. His name was Benjamin Franklin. And he was very rich. And look at what he said about money. He came to the same Christian conclusion. He said, money never made a man happy, yet, nor will it. There is nothing in its nature, there is nothing in its nature that creates happiness. The more a man has, the more he 
wants, instead of filling the vacuum, it makes one. It, if it satisfies one want, it doubles and triples another want. That's what Benjamin Franklin said about money. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ, he asked a very important question. And into you need to think about this question. He said, what does a man, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? You can. You can't exchange anything. All the riches, you came into the world with nothing and you leave with? With nothing. And our Lord said, look at all the commands that our Lord says against money. And to remind ourselves that money is not the best life. The best life comes through relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why He says, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, money. The best life is not related to money. The best life is with the Lord. So we need to be careful of this idol that we have in our life called money. The point of acquiring money, or the point of having money, is to be, it was mentioned in the epistle today, is to be giving, is to be giving. The one who is rich in money should be rich in good works, should be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves good foundation for the time to come. That was the first theme about money. I want to be like Judas, who forsook the Lord for money. Money. Oh, I need to work an extra shift. I need to do this. Be content. What we have? Be content. The second theme in the reading of the Pauline and the Catholic epistle today, that was one, was money. The second one is the best life, is the eternal life. The best life is the one without Complaining. The best life. You want to live a good life? Don't complain. Don't complain. Look at the psalm today. Look at the psalm today. The psalm of today says, Your people and sheep of your pasture will give you thanks for forever. They will give you thanks for forever. The one who is giving thanks, he is living the... The best life. The one who is grumbling, the one who is complaining, is going to drown himself in misery. In misery. And that's why the Catholic epistle said, Do not grumble against one another. I want to stop complaining about each other. Stop grumbling about each other. Brethren, lest you be condemned. Lest you be condemned. And then the, the Pauline epistle says, The one who is in, obsessed with disputes and arguments over words. From which envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicion, useless wranglings of men, of corrupt minds, and destitute of truth, who suppose godliness is a means of gain. Homo, they're just causing problems and causing issues. Why? Because everyone's complaining about this. Everyone's seeking to make, like in the Pauline, they're seeking to make money from, like, preaching. He says, all of this is, 
You want to live the best life? Free yourself from complaining. I want to leave you with one nice story. I was reading this story. It's, by, it's, it's, by, or it's about a person named Francis Chadwick. Francis Chadwick, in 1952, was trying to swim across from Catalina, Catalina Island, the 21 mile strait, um, and she was about to like, swim this 21 miles, and in the last mile, like the pain and the stuff that we were like the pain and the complaining and the like started to get to her. I mean, poor woman, she swam like 20 miles, and, and, and the fog was so bad. The people said, like, just keep going. You're almost there. You could do it. And then she came out of the like out of the water. She said, I can't do it. I'm going to come out of the water. And then when she saw that she was so close to the shore, she said, If I had seen the shore, I would have made it. If I had seen the shore, I would have made it. If I would have just forgot my complaining and just put away my complaints, I would have been there. I could have got there. And then two months later, she did the swim. <laughs> and she finished. And she said, I, she said, as I swam, I kept the shoreline in my mind. So she didn't let the complaints... And all the struggles and all the like bother her. She put the shoreline in front of her and said, I'm going to go to the shoreline. If you want to live the best life, you need to, awalan, what? And realize God's love for you. This is the best life. Realize the best life is the eternal life. Not the things that are temporary in this world. They can never be achieved by money. They can never be achieved by grumbling. Or the things or the riches or clothes or any of the material possessions. The best life is the life of thanksgiving. The life of praise. That's why the psalm again. We will give thanks to you forever. We will show forth your praise to all generations, we will praise you forever. This is the best life with the Lord Jesus Christ. And glory be to God forever. Amen.